0: It 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 was the internet sensation of uh, 2002. Wow, who can remember anything from 2002? That's sort of like the lost year. But yeah, their Apple computers have this. I guess they were so called Apple computer back then. I think they dropped the Apple computer, the computer part. Now they're just called Apple Inc. But um, yeah, they had uh, the the most viral uh, internet meme commercial uh, since their uh, 1984 ad. Why 1984 won't be like 1984. Really, Apple Macintosh. Listen, I was a fan, but around 2002 is when I, I yeah, around 2000 is when I switched over to PC uh, for myself. Uh, but anyway, so these this ad at the switch campaign. Uh, at that point, I guess Windows. What was it? Windows 98, <laughs> Windows ME. Listen, Microsoft Windows. They 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 usually have this thing where every other version is like good or bad. Windows 98 wasn't bad, and uh, what was a really good one? Windows uh, X X M or X E. <laughs> how soon we forget. But anyway, uh Windows has gone has you know had its phases, but I am at home, I'm a total Windows user, well mostly because I like playing video games. Good luck playing games on a Mac, you know. Uh anyway, I used to still use Mac for work, but um yeah, the series of ads was just regular people who had uh horror stories about their Windows PCs and uh you know, just and 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 that was the the thing. Like you know, you you can relate to a regular person. So Ellen Feist was a student. And uh, she, she was relating a story about how she wrote this paper and, uh, and her Windows computer uh, crashed and her whole paper was lost, you know. And um, it's just that she, her eyes were red and she seemed really stoned. And, uh, and, and so she became this sensation, like how could Apple let this stoned girl go on their commercial? But she insisted she was not stoned on marijuana or anything else she was taking benadryl because she had allergies i guess and they filmed the commercial like really late at night so she was really tired and and so her eyes were all that's what she said that's the likely story okay anyway the rest is history she became a huge sensation and in fact she became so popular everyone was talking i kind of remember this listen how much can i how much do you remember of 2002 that was long that was like 20 years ago now because it's currently 2022 in this timeline, in this reality. Anyway, um, so anyway, uh, apparently at the time she was offered to go on to David Letterman and uh, Jay Leno Tonight Show at that time, and she turned them down. Listen, Ellen, you have to strike while the iron's hot. Okay, in a few months, no one's going to care about you. So she re- she turned down the opportunity to appear on these shows. I'm sure she regrets that to this day. I don't know. I have no idea what's going on with her now. Uh, anyway, 20 years later. And apparently she she became an actress and was in a movie. If you really want to go into into entertainment, you should have got on Letterman. You know, that would be a YouTube video to pass down to the generations. All right, Paul. Our next guest is Ellen Feist. Hey, were you were you uh, under the influence? No, I really wasn't. I was just taking Benadryl. Okay, it would have been great in some alternate reality. That 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 that'd be cool if you could, you could like. Uh, you know, contact alternate realities via the internet and just sort of get, like, if she did go on Letterman, you can get that one anyway. The reason that this is relevant to, th- to today's discussion is um, I, uh, yeah, I, I just thought of a few things I wanted to add to the pool of content for The Other Side. You know, at the end of the first part of each episode of The Overnight escape I do, and this show is The Overnight Escape by the way, that you're listening to right now, I play The Other Side, which is a collection of audio clips and music that I I spent a long time finding, and I have such a huge collection now. Uh, it's not; all, I don't have all new stuff each time, but I try not to repeat stuff too much. But um, and I do have a list of how often it was used, etc. It's getting to the point where the other side has its own kind of logic, its own vibe, it's own, it's, its its own little audio world, which is pretty wild. But my current rule is that uh, every other side has to have something new, at least one new thing. So I was thinking of a few things. I, I, I jotted down a few ideas, and like like uh, like when I went down to to um, to see my father, and I also saw my brother and my and, and his wife. Uh, I'll talk about that. Um, you know, there's a road called Mount Airy Road, which you get on. It's the exit from two eighty seven to to get down to where my father lives in uh, Bridgewater, and uh, you know, whenever I see that, I always hear that jingle, the advertised TV commercial jingle in my head: "Beautiful Mount Airy Lodge," right? So, I, I, I made a note to self, add that to the other side. I want to have, and I, I, there's a few other things, right? So, I, because uh, <clears throat> I'm on vacation this week, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I, I, I don't have to go to work this week. So, yesterday, amongst other things, which we'll get to, there's so many things we're going to get to. Um, <coughs> I, uh, yeah, I started, I started, you know, researching, finding, you know, stuff to put uh, on the other side. And, I, and for some reason, I don't know if I thought of it or I saw it somewhere, that El- Ellen Feiss. The ads. And she did two of them. One about her 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 paper being deleted, and then the other one about doing her homework on the beach. So I I figured I would add those. Those have not been on the other side, and they're very very good, quick little things. She almost reminds me a little bit of the, remember those uh, was it Levi's? Remember the commercials? I hate my mother. <laughs> I love playing those commercials too. She's so much more prettier than me. It's <laughs> very uh. You know, she kind of reminds me of that character for some reason. Sort of annoying, weird uh, commercial girls. Uh, anyway, so I, I downloaded. So I, I produced eight brand new clips. So I, I set up eight new shows, and I do it in in, uh, in iTunes still. And um, I f- I figured I would. Uh, sometimes I do this. I I figured I'm going to do like a random. I wanted to make sure the set of all the uh, audio that I played in the other side was, was in a playlist, and then I created a random playlist of up to three and a half minutes, and I just took five from each of those and threw them in e- each of the eight, and that was to sort of give randomness, right? So it's not all random. but it, and. the degree of randomness in the other side is is always varying, right? But this was just sort of to throw some stuff in there just to get an interesting mix. So I threw this stuff in there. I didn't really look at it that much. And I started uh, going through, so so just so you know my process, you know, I, I kind of usually I'll listen to the entire sequence to make sure each track complements the previous one. And sometimes, not always, I like to vary music, audio clip, music, audio clip, as I think that does give a good cadence or a good pace to um, the show to, to the other side, and so I've been following that model for this one, and um, you know I'll I'll take what's in there, and sometimes you know like when I when I have when I make one and there's some overflow I'll throw it to the next one. So there's a there's a lot of synchronicity going on, a lot of serendipity, etc. Um, <laughs> the thing that happened this morning was a bit a bit out there. Anyway. So I have eight of these playlists, right? And I, I think I already had done, like, the first two, three. I had kind of sequenced it, right? And added the numbers for my internal reference system. So you don't know all this g- stuff that goes on to the with the other side. It's going audio. This is a big process for me. Um, and uh, so... Um, yeah, I, I, so, th- so I just completed one that had the Ellen Feist ad number two as the first one. I'm like, this sounds... This is... Because you know, at the end of the show, like the end of me talking, about and, and now here is the other side, and the L, and that Apple ad sounded really good there, so I'm like, um, you know, I, so then, <laughs> let's backtrack a little bit. So today is my 25th wedding anniversary. Me and my wife Denise were married 25 years ago today, and you could see on the show art. We'll get to that. Uh, so it's our 25th wedding anniversary. So I was thinking about that, and uh, in fact, um. I was, well, let's get to that in a minute. Anyway, I wanted to play something from the wedding video, and there happens to be a clip that was from the original Bluff Cosm that I have played a few times on the other side called A Cigar Mania. It's uh, where the videographer Charles Seaton came. uh, He was filming sort of the behind the scenes of the wedding, first at Denise's parents' house and then came over to our apartment where I had been living and Denise hadn't moved in yet. Where the Overnight Scape Studio was eventually was to was to be developed, uh, and you actually in the video you see the the room that would become how many years hence like wow six years later damn five, five and a half years later would become the Overnight Escape Studio. But yeah, my friend Peter, as you know from the Three Weasels, was there, and he was it was just a very entertaining you know he's he's describing like his part in this movie. Where he beats up his his, his girlfriend, Nurse Crawler, who works at a mental institution, and then he gets beat up by Ken Marshall. He becomes evil. He becomes the. He's describing this, and everyone is like, "What the hell is he talking about?" So that's a Cigar Mania, right? So <clears throat> um, during the morning, after I worked on the other side earlier, then I'm like, "Oh, you know," because I started developing. A, like this episode is going to be just you know. I wanted to make this episode, you know, called Frank, Frank and Denise's 25th. And, uh, Denise and Denise and Frank's 25th, right? Because it is a very momentous day. It is a very important day for me. And I always look at my old show art as sort of a history of my life. So I wanted to make sure I had it, like a graphic representation of this uh, of today. It's my 25th anniversary. Anyway, so I'm like, oh, you know what I should do? Uh, I'm going um, to find the Cigar Mania and put it into today's other side that'd be cool right it's actually audio from the wedding video and uh... it's already ready to go so i'm like i'm looking i'm like you know i i think i might want to start another one with the ellen Feist ad and i i'm like it was like the fifth one i think i'm like i remember the ellen Feist ad was in that fifth one so i go to the fifth one planning to add a cigar mania (laughs) and it was already there it was already there. It was one of those random ones I pulled the other day. I didn't even look at it. I can, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure subconsciously I saw it. Can you imagine? I'm like, I'm going to find the one that has Ellen Feist ad number one. I'm going to add a Cigar Mania to it for the other side. And it, a Cigar Mania was already there. I mean, wow. That was quite, quite remarkable. Wow. Anyway, um, so knowing that uh, this um, event, this this anniversary was coming up, like last year, we're like, listen, we better plan something big for our 25th anniversary, right? So we're thinking we should go on a big trip, and uh, we were starting to come up with ideas. The most outlandish one was, uh, or perhaps the most expensive one, uh, like a two-week trip to uh, a vegan tour of India, I thought that would been, that would have been so cool, you know. Like, I guess India is a kind of place to kind of go. Is if if you're not familiar with it, you probably have to go with a tour group. But like traveling all around India and all the food is vegan, of course it costs a pretty penny. And uh, we were, but you know, I really, I don't know. We really should. Maybe we should. Maybe we'll do it next year. I don't. Know. I would love to. I would love to do the v- vegan tour of India. But we were thinking about stuff, you know, and and looking for, you know, vegan resorts and stuff. We're looking at a place in Italy, like Tuscany or something. But I know India appealed to me more than that. But anyway, so as it turned out, my wife got a new job. And so she doesn't have any vacation time. And, uh, you know, we went on, it was only a weekend trip, but it was horribly expensive going to Chattanooga, as, as you heard on the show a few months back. So we really that we have no way of going on vacation this week. But interestingly, uh, earlier, uh, right at the beginning of this year, 2022, which this year has kind of flown by in some ways, you know, I remember at work, they're like, hey, you know, what days are you going to take off this year? Make sure not to lose your days because the place I work, the fashion company, um, they gave us a lot of days off and they've given us more now. But every year I haven't taken all my days and I've I've wound up losing my days. They don't carry over to the next year. I think they carried them over in the COVID year 2020, but that was an anomaly. Anyway, so I wasn't I wasn't even thinking about this, but on my personal Google calendar, I had the whole week as our major anniversary, 25th anniversary trip, but the whole thing kind of fell by the wayside. So it worked. Just like last week, like, oh, you taking off next week? I'm like, um, I really didn't think about it, and this sort of snuck up on me. And they're like, well, you should. You should take it off. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I will take it off. I have, s- s- that's five days. I have so much more than five days left. There's no way I'm going to lose like weeks, not uh, over a week of vacation because I won't have that much opportunity. We're really busy this time of year anyway. Um, anyway, I am, I am going in on Thursday because we had previously uh, set up a taco lunch. So. I'm going to go to work, sort of. But it feels good not to be at work, even though I do have my... uh, I try to turn the notifications off, but it's still beeping and stuff. And I'm trying to, like, check my emails every night so I don't get overwhelmed. Last night I checked. There were already 45 emails in one day. I guess that's pretty normal. I don't know. That probably seems like nothing to some of you. The emails are out of control these days. Anyway, so I'm, like, uh, thinking, like... uh, yeah. But, you know, it's it's kinda of weird because it's it's almost like I don't really have any good days to go on like weird adventures and stuff. Maybe Friday, but um what is today? Tuesday, yes. <laughs> yesterday I just got started and I started a project I'm gonna talk to you about, but um Yeah, today is our anniversary, so I'm not gonna go on a crazy adventure to a mall in New York or anything. Tomorrow I'm getting we're getting hair cut, so I gotta be back by a certain time. Thursday, I'm going into the city. And then, I mean, I don't know. On Friday, am I going to feel like going back to the city? I don't know what I'm going to do anyway. Um, But anyway, it's good to have some time off. And so I decided over the weekend, you know, the one thing I really need to work on is uh, the book. Um, You know, the OnSug, a radio station inside a book. And I'm really planning on a new edition to come out uh next year and i wanted to really so i wanted to devote my spare time this week to uh <clears throat> to uh to working toward the uh, the new Onsug book for 2023 so yeah it was really not on my radar but over the weekend i started looking into it so basically the current state of the book, it, it is published. You can buy it on Amazon right now. Just go to Onsuck.com and click on the picture of the book. You can buy a copy a print-on-demand book. I, uh, I created the book in LibreOffice because I wanted to keep it open source so people could have, could have the files and work on the files. But it was just an absolute nightmare to put together in LibreOffice. Even just the headers, you know, we on the top of each page, you have the page numbers, and then it says, like, the name of each section. Pure torture and when i update the book if if you do one thing wrong it messes up the entire book the pages are on the wrong sides it is just not meant for it's like a wordpress it's like a replacement for microsoft word it's not meant for that kind of work right and you know on the other end there's adobe indesign which i which i have used a lot i use it for work and uh I just and you cannot buy Adobe InDesign anymore. You have to buy a subscription to it, and it's they charge you every month. And I just simply don't want to go down that road. There was another page layout program that's open source called Scribus. I tried using that; it was awful. I mean, I'm hey, listen, it's free don't look against the gift verse in the mouth, I tried using it. I couldn't even use it. It was, you know. And this book is pretty complicated because there's all these lists and all these sections. And it's not just a print book. It's the the full PDF is like three or 4,000 pages long, right? With a lot of complicated typography, lists. I need to Im- include images. And it's just Scribus and LibreOffice just weren't good. Hey, InDesign would be great, but I just don't dig the idea of, Spending God knows how much every month to have InDesign. So I knew of one other possibility. I had been kind of dragging my feet on it, but there's a company called Affinity. From I think they're in Europe, and they uh, have created alternatives to the big three Adobe programs. Uh, so Adobe is Photoshop, Illustrator, and, uh, and, and InDesign. And uh, Affinity has created their own publisher, which is InDesign. And then there's two other ones, which are Photoshop and Illustrator. I forget the name of them. But um, I saw that they just released version 2 of all the programs. It was on sale. You get all three of them for 100 bucks, right? One-time fee. One pay once. Now, I don't know if people that bought version 1 get version 2 for free. But anyway, for 100 bucks, I can get all three of these programs fresh, new, and they work on Mac and PC and on iPad. If Somehow, if if I want to put it on my iPad, I can put it on my iPad. Um, And uh, so I'm like, listen, let let me get the demo and see if I can do what I need to do, which is just control the typography, type styles, the headers, the sections, and I started playing around with it, and though there's a bit of a learning curve, I've been, you know, Googling like mad the past couple days figuring out how to do things, but like, you know, the bolded text that you bring in. How do you apply styles to that without getting rid of the bolding, yada, yada. There are ways to do it. Um, so eventually I just bought the license for all three. So I started the process of uh, putting the book together. So this is it – it's just – it is it is like a complete revamp of the book. So the, the um, I update the files each month. So the, the print book I've been updating, that is – the, uh, the master list order that uh, I decided on back last year of all the shows, right? It's in a certain logical order. It makes sense. The But the rest of it, which I call the digital extension, which is all of the listings with the descriptions, right? Some of which have the show art in there, the Overnightscape and Fusebox and a few others have the show art in there, but most doesn't have the show art. These were originally... Uh, Google document files that I sa- that eventually I just saved down to LibreOffice files and have been managing that way. And it's just this mass set of files that there's different typography on everything, it's all over the place. I save out PDFs, I'm, it takes hours to update this book every time. I'm like, listen, I have to fix this book. So I started the process, and it's and again, I'm not even aiming to get this done until uh, you know next summer for the new print edition. But my my goal is I'm gonna typeset everything to fit onto the book. Even though I'm not gonna be publishing a four thousand page book, as I'm sure there are they're a bit smaller pages. I'm going from eight and a half by eleven to six by nine. Um, I have a vision of how of how it's gonna work, and um, it's just mass amounts of work. And so I, I'm getting started with that. Um, <clears throat> so it's gonna basically be every show where well, there are over 10,000 shows I'm really hoping I'm doing a two column format I just want to make sure the type's not too small because the show art is a square so it doesn't really if you're doing a one column format it's kind of awkward but two columns really works and I have that a little bit in the existing one anyway all the show art with each of the episodes with the description right now all the show art is ganged up in the print book I know, I know we're getting very deep on the book here, but... Um, and maybe those of you in the future have the new one, the new one that I just started working on. And uh, I also was like, you know, now that I'm doing this, I really need to think about a new font because I'm not happy with any of the fonts I've been using. You know, I've been using Literata and I've been using... Um, I used to use Roboto and I, and I recently switched everything over to Libre Franklin. But... I don't know. None of it really was feeling very good. So I'm like, let me take another look on the open source fonts, you know, Font Squirrel and Google Font and everything. And I don't know. Maybe I'll find something. And I was looking at like you know Cooper Hewitt, which still isn't in Google Fonts, but mm, yeah, it wasn't really working out. And finally, I found this font Bezley, Besley, B E S L E Y, which is sort of an updated, ver- completely open source version of um, Cl- Clarendon or Clarendon. I'm not sure how people pronounce that. I always think of it as Clarendon, so it, maybe some people say Clarendon. I don't know. I'll say Clarendon. Besley was the guy that created Clarendon, which is a you know probably over a hundred year old font. It's a very major font, Clarendon. Anyway, kind of a slab, but not not as extreme of a slab. Anyway, you know the font if you see it. You don't know the name. You may not know the name, but you know the font. So I saw that at some point within this year. And it's very hard to find information. The guy that created it made a major revamp of Besley, including a narrow and condensed version, which makes it – and there's so many different weights and there's an italic. And it's like I started playing around with it and it looked great. I'm like, my God, I found a font that I love for the book. It's like it's a major – so now I have a new font, a new program, and it's a whole new road for the book. So anyway, I'm very happy about that. So now I'm, I'm on my way and uh, <coughs> on my way to uh, <coughs> the 2023 edition of the book. Now, just to let you know, you know, I'm majorly revamping the, the digital version of the book, which is going to be three or 4,000 pages, probably 4,000 pages long at this point. It doesn't really matter because it's a digital file, right? Um, but I am planning on making the print version actually... Less of a page count than the current one, right? I don't – I want to include more descriptive text and sample show descriptions and sample artwork uh, so make it more of an overview rather than being this sort of checklist kind of format because um, I, f- I feel like the current book just feels too hefty and – um it containing all of the images and all of the show titles is is cool, but I think that as the the print book's version, of the print book's, uh, it, what, what word am I looking for here? The print book's purpose is to uh, provide you know a complete overview of the OnSug and what to listen to in it, and then the digital version has everything. So this, what I'm doing now, is going to serve as the foundation for the. Uh, the new print book. Anyway, it is freezing out here. Last uh, This morning, actually, uh, you know, past midnight, it went below freezing for the first time uh, this season. So let me go inside out. I'm freezing my ass off out here. But yeah, last night we brought in all these house plants, and it's like it's kind of like a jungle in here. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with these house these plants that were all outside, but yeah, I figured we'd bring them in before they all went kaput. I'm assuming they. are I mean, some plants obviously can live when it gets freezing outside, and some can't. So there's just look at all these plants. Dining room. It's it's it is like a jungle. It feels very 70s. All these house plants in here, in the kitchen by the windows. All these plants, man. I should take a picture of this just to uh, just for old just for a hist- historical sake. Yeah, look at this. Plants, plants everywhere. Anyway, All right, let's turn the fireplace on here. Just press a button. It's the gas fireplace. Kitties, why are they running away? Oh, because at the same time I turned on the. Uh... Here, listen. Listen to it. Go on. You can hear when it like. Uh... Yeah. You can hear when it like it ignites. Yeah, it's gas. It's natural gas. Kitties. Two things happened at once, and they got very scared. Yeah, it's kind of cool. The touch of a button. Yeah, we love that. We love our fireplace. It was a years-long process getting it uh, installed, but anyway. Um, I should turn down the fan, though, because it's kind of annoying for the recording. the remote control for the fireplace. Now, this is, this is definitely, I mean, I know people think of things and say, oh, you're never going to use it, but we use it a lot, so it's very cool. So anyway, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty wild weekend. Um, I know I mentioned on last episode that uh, we were going to go to the Marine Corps Ball, so uh, my father-in-law, Denise's father, Jack, is. Uh, you know, he was, a, he w- he was uh, a Marine. He actually went to Vietnam. And he's been involved with the VFW, which is a local organization, Veteran of Foreign Wars, and also the Marine Corps League. And he's now going to be the new commandant of the uh, West Hudson branch. Uh, I believe it's in Kearney. And so um, every year they have the Marine Corps Ball, which is uh, the the, the, uh, the birthday of the Marine Corps. I think they were – hold on. I think I, I have the coin here. I got a Marine coin. It was very cool. It's like a stained glass coin. Is it in my pocket here? Yeah, here it is. Okay. So, yeah, this is uh, West Hudson Detachment. So they were founded, no, what, November 10th in 1775. This is a cool little... Let me, let me open this up. This is a cool uh, coin. Oh, this is that same kind of little tricky little... Uh, clear plastic pouch that I remember I got the coin when I bought those tarot cards and I wound up ripping it because I didn't understand how this little thing opened but this one I'm going to do properly yeah so it's kind of cool it's like a stained it's like a stained glass look so it has the uh, marine symbol which is the eagle anchor and and the earth and um, with like a red background but it's like stained glass it's really beautiful it's like it's like you can see through and it's like a gold coin and and so only the people sitting at the commandant's table got one of these coins. So this is a coin specifically for this year. And apparently, if you're at the Marine Corps League drinking, they can ask you um, to show your coin, the current coin. And if you don't if you don't happen to have it with you, you have to buy a round for everyone. That's the story I heard. I have been to the VFW. I don't I don't know that I don't I've never been to the Marine Corps th- League. But because um, you know you can have guests and stuff. But anyway. This was at a place called um, the, uh, the uh, Fiesta, which is a uh, kind of a an old school, like mid, it's a kind of a mid century catering hall, and it definitely is like it's kind of cool because it's really old and really kind of you know w- long weathered. It's kind of cool when you when you when you pull in, it's like this carport area with a huge fountain and stuff, and like a little bridge, and it's just kind of like all the the concepts of luxury from again from mid century mid 19th century 50s 60s 70s that kind of kind of has that vibe we were in the flamenco room and um it was very cool It was an open bar i was drinking uh bullet bourbon the whole night and at one point i had i they, they the the bartender he was like uh making him pretty strong so i was a, l- a little uh under the influence and they had the, they had a photo booth right which was uh, automatic so they take a picture of you and then you could just text it or email it to yourself and i did take a picture of myself where i'm holding my hands out to the camera i did post it on the um the, the chat room on discord if you want to check that out i was i was going to make it a show art but i figure i'll uh i'll save that one and i'll use it as show art in the future um but yeah it was a really cool event everyone was, was really cool and very nice um like my father in law had this red jacket he was wearing uh because for the Marine Corps League. There are actual Marines there in full uniform, active duty Marines, and you know, the whole thing is that it's the ball is really for the birthday of the Corps, and it's um so you have actual ceremony, starting off with a video from like the, the, the National Center for the Marines about the Marines and you know, the the Marines have a very unique culture. You know <clears throat> the you've heard the 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 phrase the few, the proud, the marines So they all have that in common, and it and it really forms this kind of this bond that everyone that's a marine has. Um, And I felt like a little bit like, well, you know, I'm not a marine, but I'm here as a guest. I'll never be a marine. It's you know, I'll never be part of this group. But I'm I'm here to support my (coughs) father-in-law. Really interesting. They had the color guard, Marines in full uniform with the flags. It was really cool. Like the guy who was leading us. He's very quietly present, huh. you know things like that. Listen, I'm I'm very like even though my parents are both in the military, they they're both my parents were both in the navy, and they actually were encouraging me to join the military as well. But when as I was getting older, becoming a teenager and stuff, they saw what a weirdo I was. They're like, yeah, maybe the military is not for you. I don't think I w- I don't think the military is for me. I don't think that was uh, something that was in the cards for Frankie, for Frank Edward Nora because uh yeah I, I it's sort of uh my persona and mindset as i'm sure you know is very much um as i was talking about yesterday indiv- individuality and stuff and i know you could be an individual in the military but i just don't dig military stuff you know for myself personally but i can dig the uh you know the the whole culture of it and everything um so it was a pretty cool event i got my coin and uh yeah, it was cool. It was a good night. The Marine Corps ball. And the coolest part was, I think I already knew this, but I, I have to find the picture here. Let's see if I can find it. What the hell? Oh, I took a lot of pictures of other stuff. Yeah. Um, so so this, what would you call it? This branch of the Marine Corps League is West Hudson Detachment. Number 209, yes! It is number 209. And it's the 247th birthday of the Marines. Celebrating 247 years of U.S. Marine Corps tradition. So that's branch number 209. I was so amazed by that. But I think I, I, had, I do remember hearing it a long time ago in the past that, that he's. But my father in law is now the commandant of branch 209 of the Marine Corps League. My bank also was branch two hundred nine way back when it was the dime. Remember the dime savings bank? Then it became Washington Mutual, and then it became Chase. But it always said two hundred nine on the uh, on the um, receipts from the ATM. Yeah. And if you have no idea what two hundred nine is, it's it's a very important number for me that you can hear me talking about endlessly on this show in the past. It's uh, it's a mystery. What is two hundred nine? What is it all about? We don't know. But we have a lot of ideas anyway, so then on uh, on <clears throat> Sunday, I went down to see my father and, and it was kind of a surprise my brother and his wife Johanna were, were there, and I hadn't seen Johanna in a long time. Uh, she had been out in San Diego directing uh, Henry V uh, um, Shakespeare at a theater in San Diego, and she was talking about how they uh, they, ha- they basically as an outreach they perform their plays at at prisons there in California. So she went to a prison out in uh it's sort of if if you think of it, San Diego and then to the to the east of San Diego kind of directly to the east and again just a little bit north of the um Mexican border there's a, there's a, a maximum security prison it's called Sentinela, with a C at the at the beginning. Um and she described going there and um, all the process because it's maximum security prison. The process of putting on a play there, you know, like the uh, you have to be careful what colors you use because of the, the gangs that are the, the the members are in in there and uh, whole process. But she said the prisoners were so appreciative. I think they all had like they were so anticipating this. They had all read Shakespeare's Henry the Fifth, um, and uh, the program they handed out was like. <clears throat> she said one of the only things that they got to keep um, in years, because you know, a, a place like that, you can't like have personal possessions. I guess at maximum security. So, and she said she was like hanging out with them and talking to them, and it was like really an amazing story. I, I wish she said it hasn't really. I, I was like, was there an article about that summer? She's like, no, it just it just sort of happened. Like we experienced it. But yeah, Henry V. I'm not as. Uh, I mean, I know a little bit about Shakespeare, but not that much, but, um, so she had to adapt it. You know, she had to choose how, she couldn't do the whole thing because it would be like, I think it's three or four hours long if you do the whole thing. So she, they made it like two hours long and it's a whole thing. Very, she's a theater director. She also is currently still working at Funny Girl and Funny Girl on Broadway had one of the biggest comebacks of any Broadway show ever. It started off, uh, Beanie Feldstein was the funny girl and, uh, it didn't really. It didn't really go over very well. There was a lot of criticism. It was. They didn't say it was. Very, they said it wasn't very good. And then they brought in Leah Michelle in the role, and now it's a monster hit, almost on like a um, on a uh, Hamilton level. And the show's like doing amazing. So very interesting stuff. Her world in the theater. You know, I just saw here. I'm driving home. The uh, the picture. It was. Yeah, driving home. It was like insane The skies were so bizarre and I got some pictures of this yeah it was like uh, there was like it was cloudy but then in towards the horizon it cleared up and then there was another line of clouds so the clouds were being lit underneath by the sunset oh my god it's so bizarre I'm so glad I got these pictures maybe I'll use it as show art someday just wild. You know, I, w- I was driving to, like through Pluckemin and I took these pictures. It was wild stuff. Oh, here's a picture I took. See, there's like one particular gas station I like to go to on the way um on the way back on 46. It's right next to Woodstack. Let me see the actual identity because I t- I took a picture at the uh, of this gas station. You know, you, I there's so many gas stations, but this one I prefer because it's kind of weird and there's all these like cars without license plates parked there. I guess I don't know if they're they're junk cars. It's kind of a cool little spot on the highway. Let, 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 me, uh, let me find where that is. Because I saw on the picture I took, Woodstack. His current favorite gas station. Let's see. Hold on a second. All right, there's a lot of Woodstacks. I'm going to have to, like, figure out where I'm looking for, like, 46. It's way it's out here on 40, right? What's going on here? Yeah, here it is. Woodstack. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, near near where 280 and 80 uh, intersect. Let me see. Let's see what town that's in. Pinebrook, New Jersey. Interesting. Pinebrook. So what is the identity of this gas station? Raceway Petroleum. That's the one I like to go to. Raceway Petroleum in Pinebrook, New Jersey. That is a cool gas station. It just feels very tranquil to get gas there. And as as you may know, here in New Jersey, we're still not allowed to pump our own gas. We're the only state of the union that still cannot pump their own gas. I know Oregon was there with us for many years, but they changed the law. They're talking about changing it in New Jersey. It's one of the unique things about New Jersey that you – you know, you you have to have a professional pump your gas. But anyway, yeah, that was a cool picture too. Anyway, oh, here's a, here's a note. Um, hold on. Yeah, when I, I was looking for videos, I, I always look at Retro Ontario to find some good Canadian retro videos, and um, I heard this song that I had never never heard before. Let me see if I can find it. It's called "Let the Rhythm Pump." by Doug lazy right let's see if we can hear a little bit the of this freshest produce, grass-fed local beef, and uh, great resources. you're spending money to to put a beef commercial for a vegan good good job technology good job yeah this was uh the, the music was on this uh hold on what happened to the music it was on us uh a video about I guess in Toronto, they had like a. In like. Around 1990, they had some kind of a. A show with sort of like dance music and stuff. And uh, it was really good. It's a really good song because he mentions a certain pop culture entity from the time that I thought was very cool. Where is this? I keep going back and forth here. And at first I thought it may have been some something super obscure, but apparently uh, so I could I could have played it on the other side, but it is commercial music, so let's play a little bit of it here. But I want to get to the part where he mentions a certain character. Is it was this the extended version? I think we can just get the regular version. I don't know.
1: fact to get wild. A house style. And I could do this, I'm getting bigger. I you best like trigger,
0: laid back like fuzzle. I'm talking, sort of like... <laughs> <laughs> laid back like Spuds McKenzie. Oh my God! A Spuds McKenzie reference. I got to hear that again. I'm laid back like Spuds McKenzie. Isn't it sad to think there's a whole new generation of people that never heard of Spuds McKenzie? But that's the world we live in. Oh, I think I went back too far, but I got to hear that again. I'm laid back like Spuds McKenzie. <laughs> nice. All those people from the '80s, we know. Trigger wasn't Trigger a horse? He's talking about Ben. He mentions Benji too. Benji was another pop culture dog that was huge back then, and no one's ever heard of Benji anymore. You remember Benji, B E N J I. There are these endless movies about Benji. Oh my god! <laughs> anyway, it's a good song. Spuds McKenzie was say If you don't know, again, I know a lot of people don't know what what is it. Like the, you're, you're probably asking me. You're saying, what is Spuds McKenzie? It was a dog that advertised for Budweiser beer. Okay, that was always partying. You get the idea. E- e- even if you don't, even if you don't know Spuds McKenzie, you can understand the idea. It's kind of this silly dog that was always partying that became this, another, sort of similar to Ellen Feist, became sort of a pre-internet sensation. Everyone was into Spuds McKenzie. I remember there was one one time I went to uh, the seashore, the Jersey Shore back in the later 80s, and all of the prizes and all, you know, they had these wheel games and stuff. It was all Spuds McKenzie and Alf, the puppet alien from the TV show, and, uh, and uh, John Bon Jovi, those were the three big things that, that summer. It was probably 87 or something. Anyway, that's a good song. I lead back like Spuds McKenzie, indeed. Oh, another song that <laughs> recently we were hanging out with our neighbors and we were sort of trying to think of songs to listen to, and I thought of that song by uh, New Radicals called You Get What You Give. But it's not a great song. It's only that one part. Because uh, we were talking a lot of. Because you remember last time I was talking, a couple episodes ago, I was, ta- I was talking about Hole and, and Courtney Love. But this is a song where they're like, uh, well, well, let me find this song and, and you can hear the quote. Uh, this guy is like very, a very angry guy mentioning uh, Courtney Love and stuff. Hold on, let me find that. You know, this band is. I mean, definitely. Oh, come on, these ads. Shut up. Who are these people? It's a one-hit wonder. It was not a mild hit, but there's also a rest of the story with this one. Let me get to the part. Here's the guy, a very angry guy. I think it's coming up now. They're filming the video in a mall, by the way. Yes, Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson, come out of your mansions. And we'll kick your asses. <laughs> I gotta find the lyrics to that. Such an angry guy. Um, new radicals. I can imagine if you're if you're sort of famous, but you're, you get very bitter towards these fake. They're fake, fake, phony frauds. Yeah, let's see. Here we go. I love this part. Health insurance rip off lying, FDA big bankers buying, fake computer crashes dining, cloning while they're multiplying, fashion shoots with Beck and Hanson, Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson, you're all fakes, run to your mansions, come around, we'll kick your asses, yeah! Oh, my God, I love that. He's so angry. He's so angry at the current stars. What time period? i got to uh, find out what time period that was. New Radicals. Let's see. New Radicals, uh, American alternative rock band from 1997. Frontman Greg Alexander. And, uh, and a great piece of trivia whenever you talk about this song is that Danielle Brisbois Star of Archie Bunker's Place, but also a member of this band at uh, playing keyboard and percussion. Remember Danielle Bris- Brisbois, the uh, the girl that uh, Edith and Archie adopted in Archie Bunker's Place? She's in this band. It's amazing. Um, what happened? To, what happened to this guy? Uh, he disbanded the group. So this song is from uh, '98. Wow! After I was married. Wow. Tired of touring and promotional interviews, Alexander disbanded the group in the mid mid nineteen ninety nine before the release of their second single. Since their disbandment, the group has received numerous offers for a reunion tour or new album, but Alexander has repeatedly turned these down. However, the band finally reunited for a one-off performance on January twentieth twenty twenty one to mark president Joe Biden's presidential inauguration. Wow. Very mysterious band. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I, uh, when we were talking about my neighbors, I'm like, you know, Dan- Danielle Brisbois from uh, from Archie Bunker's Place is in this band. They're like, really? And then afterwards, I thought to myself, you know, any conversation where Archie Bunker's Place is mentioned is a good conversation, yes. <laughs> Remember Archie Bunker's Place? Is there like a – it was kind of like – I guess because Edith, whatever her name is, Joan Stapleton, e- Joan Stapleton, is that her name? Um she decided to quit the show. Oh, Archie, I quit the show. I don't want to be a dingbat anymore. You're, you're not all these people. They have with this it's incredible one in a million success. Oh, I quit. Ellen Feist, you want to go and let him in? No. Alexander, you want to, like, keep going with your music? Yeah, you're the one in a million that actually had a some hit. No. G- Jean, her name is Jean Stapleton, that's it. You know, you're the star of one of the biggest TV shows of all time. You want to keep going? No, I quit. <laughs> you can't take... Listen, these people can't take it. They're, they're like, oh, my God, this sucks. But this isn't what you wanted? Why did you become an actor or a musician in the first place? As soon as you get some success, I quit. What's wrong with these people? So I think that's, that's why they had to make Archie Bunker's place. Okay, dingbat. I'm going to buy a bar, and then I'm going to uh, adopt a... What was his... It was his... Brother-in-law or sister-in-law's, uh, like Jewish, half-Jewish daughter Danielle Brisbois. All right, ding that. Let's let's open a bar, and then remember remember during that time period, Archie Bunker had a grandson. I guess with Meathead and Gloria, and uh, it was there was a very I remember there was a baby doll that had an actual penis, and it was like a, it was a revolution in baby dolls. Biologically correct, Archie Bunker's grandson. I, again, the major prominence of Archie Bunker and All in the Family. People wouldn't even—younger the people don't even know who that is. Carol O'Connor, for God's sakes. Let's see. Archie Bunker's place. I don't think I've revisited this show. I mean, I, you know, I really don't ever watch this show in uh, the pilot episode. Oh, yeah, there's Danielle Brzebois, the future member of New Radicals. Oh, yeah, Edith, Edith, Edith dies at one point because Gene Stapleton. New Pixel okay, I already have a Pixel. Stop You're sending me these ads. I'll get a new one when my current one dies. I love Google Pixel, by the way. Carol O'Connor, Gene Stapleton. She was in it for a little while. An Archie Bunkist place Co-starring Martin Balsam Danielle Brisbois Alan Melvin Who are these people? I know who Danielle Brisbois is Special guest stars Rob Reiner and Sally Struthers Listen, they're using a version of that song You, you can't, I mean <coughs> That song was so classic the All in the Family song, right? Let me see. Let me just find the lyrics to that. Really, one of the most iconic, uh, <clears throat> the most iconic openings to any show of All in the Family. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played songs that made the hit parade. Guys like us, we had it made. Those were the days. right? And I I know there was a a longer version, but... Yeah, we don't need the longer version. And you knew who you were then. Girls were girls and men were men. See, this this show was from a previous time. You can't say that anymore. (laughs) Mister, we could use a man like Herbert Hoover again. Didn't need no welfare state Everybody pulled his weight Gee, our old La Salle ran great Those were the days And the longer version is Yeah, that really wasn't used in syndication So let's not worry about that Yeah And that was based on a, uh, a British show, right? All in the Family Yeah, Archie was kind of like a an old curmudgeon, kind of, like, racist kind of guy. and The show was meant to sort of criticize that that kind of viewpoint as the world was changing. Meathead was kind of an ex-hippie and his daughter. That was Rob Reiner, who went on to uh, great fame creating uh, Spinal Tap and other things. He did a few other things, right? But Spinal Tap was the main thing he did. He turned out to be pretty talented. Sally Struthers, she went on to uh, those commercials where you can, like send money to a, like a dying child over in Africa that was her big thing very you know she, her star fell was fallen but she made a few bucks from that i'm sure you know some of the money went to her salary and some of it went to the the dying kids in Africa but anyway what was that children's international i don't know it's all it's all so far in the past what do you want and uh, some sad news that came in right after I finished the last episode, Gallagher dead at age 76. Yes, the quote-unquote comedian who, I guess, I guess everyone just criticized him, part of his act, it wasn't the entire act, was smashing watermelons with a giant hammer. And uh, that really became his uh, hallmark. And uh, he he died. You know, you always think Gallagher is the kind of guy that just always, he he was always, like, when you watched cable, like, back in the 80s, like, there was always some sort of Gallagher special on. Like, if it's, like, if it's, like, 84 and you're watching, like, HBO, like, every five minutes there's going to be a Gallagher special on for some reason back then. And also that movie Beastmaster with with Mark Singer. (laughs) Beastmaster and Gallagher was, like, half their program day, (laughs) you know. Showtime or Cinemax, whatever those channels back in the 80s. A lot of Gallagher content, and then and then apparently, and you know, this is just one of those stories that goes around. Like his brother also took on the name Gallagher because that's their last family last name, and he did the same act. And he, the original Gallagher, had to sue his brother for imitating him. There's probably some asterisk, not the original Gallagher, but an actual Gallagher. <laughs> and he also smashed watermelons and other things with a giant hammer. It was, I think, it was supposed to be a. A parody of those ads where you get uh, you know the new slice omatic, slicing vegetables, much easier, you know, that kind of stuff. It's the Sledge O Matic, smashing up vegetables. Great. Anyway, so it's very sad the guy the guy died. Gallagher is dead. Ay. We're so far in the future, even Gallagher is dead. What do you all want? Anyway. Um <clears throat> In uh, video game news, this came as a complete surprise to me. I, this was not on my radar in any way, shape, or form. Atari 50. The 50-year 50 anniversary of Atari. I guess they started in 72. Um, it was released as a game. And, you know, I've I've been there, done that. So many Atari compilations. Um, do I really need another one? But this one... For the first time included a huge range of games, like over 50 games from arcade, um, recreated games, some of which are pretty good, Uh, the uh, 2600, 5200, 7800, and Lynx, and Jaguar, and Atari 800, and um, there's also a whole interactive history of Atari with lots of new video interviews. And uh, I have to say, as much as I've seen this content over and over again, the presentation of the games... Is superb. Unbelievably, they finally got it right. Everything from the menus to the way the game looks to everything about it is great. And I was playing a ton of those games, you know. You know Space Duel, and they have a bunch, they have uh, several versions of Miner 2049, which I really enjoyed on the uh, ColecoVision. A tough as nails platformer. I remember trying to beat the last level. You couldn't you couldn't save the game. You had to play through the entire game and try to have enough lives. It, it video games used to be a lot harder. And they have Bounty Bob Strikes Back, which was a sequel. A bunch of great games. And uh yeah, it's on all the platforms. And I got it on PC, Steam. Um it's worth checking out. Uh very well implemented. I mean, it's most of the stuff that I mean, I have most of the stuff on MAME anyway, whatever, but they have iRobot. You know, they have Quantum. A few they hadn't released before. No Marble Madness, no Gauntlet. But there's a game called Dark Chambers, which is sort of a a relative to Gauntlet and several versions of Dark Chambers. Anyways, it's a pretty good collection, and uh, I recommend it for those. Listen, you know who you are if you're going to want a a retro collection of Atari games. Um, It's very cool. Atari 50. I I was rather impressed with that. In other news, um, as you may know, at at the dawn of 2022, a vast amount of music in the United States entered the public domain uh, because of a a law that was passed a few years earlier, the uh, Copyright something, Rehabilitation Act or something. I forget what it was called. Um, Recorded music was not scheduled to go in the public domain until 2067, which is when I would be like 99 and 100 years old which uh, most people don't make it to that. So anyway, now it, all the music up until 1922 became public domain um, this year. And now I, I don't know if it's going to be an ongoing thing, or if, at least for the next few years, every year a new year is going to come up. So in a few months, January 1st, 2023, the music of 1923 is going to become available. So I thought it was kind of cool. I, I really want to like explore the songs of 1923 because... I had done some—it's a huge amount of effort to go through the songs of the past. And I played a few on the other side here and there. It's just really a huge effort. But I would love to kind of just focus on 1923 and find the best of the best from 23 and do something with that. I don't know what I'm going (coughs) to do with it. But I thought it was kind of a cool idea because now we just have that one new year. Right now, it would be illegal to play it. You could be sued by Sony or whoever if you played a song from 1923, but come January 1st, 2023, and now it's public domain in the United States. I know it's not like that for the rest of the world, but anyway, that's a cool thing coming up. A whole thousands of new songs that we can check out and play on our shows without fear of reprisals. Music reprisals. You'll be punished for playing that music. So yeah, um, you know, it's it's so with my our anniversary today, it's been kind of a bummer that we are not able to do anything. My wife had to go to work, and I have the day off, so I'm like trying to think what I can do, and finally, this morning at like 6.30, I woke up, and I'm like, I should do something for our anniversary. I'm like, wait a minute. As part of my video project, I did digitize our wedding video, which we had... The rough version, but we never paid the guy to do a final version of. But it's still like three hours of amazing footage from 97 the whole family and everything, as I was mentioning earlier. So I this morning I uh, threw it together and uh, put it on YouTube as an unpublished video. And uh, yeah, I sent it to my wife as, as my anniversary present to her. And uh, so we're going to watch it tonight. It is really wild to see because we hadn't seen this in a long time. It was never digitized before and, uh, I know we watched it years and years ago, but, um, so I was happy that I was able to come up with, uh, something, and, uh, additionally, I got, I, I got this out of the garage, this was a, uh, a rather interesting thing I did for our honeymoon, so, ooh, it's got a static shock, I drew this, like, huge, like, comic strip kind of thing, ooh. um, With my very rudimentary artwork, but um, it is uh, 12 days uh, from our wedding day and our honeymoon trip out to California and then flying home. Uh, And so the first thing, it's uh, Saturday, November 15th, 1997, 25 years ago today. My dear Denise, on the occasion of your 25th birthday, so this is for her 25th birthday a few years, a few months afterwards. May I present you with this graphic calendar. <laughs> I made up a new word. The graphic calendar of our, of, of our honeymoon. Of our wonderful honeymoon. So let's go through the honeymoon. Let's see. Kitties, no, you don't lay on it. I have to look at it. Yes, the graphic calendar of our wonderful honeymoon. So this is the wedding day, and there's uh, Father Matthew, the, the Indian um, priest who uh, and you know his accent and stuff was uh, kind of amusing to us, and I think my I was rolling my eyes d- during the ceremony. I, I'm not religious, but I agreed to get married in the Catholic Church. And he, and he, there's a little cartoon of him first God, then spouse. That's what he says: first God, then spouse. Um, there's the wedding rings, the aisle. And then the next day we had brunch, and we went to the airport. I think we ate at Sabaro. We were veg i don't know if denise was i think yeah, I think Denise turned vegetarian. We had Sabaro at the airport. it looks like, and there was this a, a guy was like flipping out of the airport. I want a first class seat, damn it he was like flipping out on everyone and then I guess we watched uh, Jurassic Park, the Lost World on the airplane. <laughs> cold wind from newark we flew over to san francisco on continental we went to hertz ran a car and we got a a sebring was it a a chrysler sebring convertible in fact i think we were upgraded because they only had that available this uh we were and i drove from the airport at night to our holiday inn at uh in San Francisco I remember we when we reached the street called Embarcadero we had never seen that street sign before we thought that was pretty funny um, and we had a really crappy room because one of Denise's relatives was a travel agent and she was, try- she was supposed to get us all these great rooms and they gave us this crappy room like in the basement what does this say water something with water I don't know what that's all about so the next day so that was Sunday November 16th Monday November 17th 1997 they upgraded us to a cool room we ate gnocchi, we went to Pier 39, went to Namco Land Arcade. I remember playing um, San Francisco Rush in San Francisco. That was kind of cool, you know, that driving game. We went on a cable car, of course, and then it crashed into a car. And then we went to uh, a bookstore, record store kind of place. That's where I got, uh, we bought a few cassettes and I to play in the car. Cars had cassette players back then. And that's when I got uh, the Stereo Lab album, Dots and Loops, that we listened to, among other things. Went to Borders. I think that was at Borders books. Went to Fisherman's Wharf. Uh, went on a cruise to Alcatraz. That was awesome. We went under the um, Golden Gate Bridge. They were they were painting it at the time. We went to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, where that guy could put three billiard balls in his mouth. And did we see private parts? How were certain private parts? We maybe went to the movies. Um, you saw sea lions. What does this say? Oh, shadow boxes, yeah. So we went to a little gift shop, and there were these little little shadow boxes with, like, old toys in them. And later that year, I bought them for Denise. I I found them on mail order and got it her the box. It was much more romantic back then. Took photos. And we went on Lombard Street, the crookedest street in the world. I think they've since, like, closed it off to traffic, right? Uh, So here we go. On Tuesday, we uh, had some capellini. We drove over the Golden Gate Bridge. We were listening to the Statler Brothers. That was one of the tapes we got. Counting flowers on the wall That don't bother me at all Playing solitaire till dawn With a deck of 51 Smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo I think that song became to prominence in uh, Pulp Fiction. Looks like we saw an Austin Powers movie. Was that the original Austin Powers movie? We went to Marin Headlands. We were at a red light for 5 minutes. We were in a rainy traffic jam. We went to Salsalito. Something about pot, I guess a place was selling medical marijuana. I don't know, even back then, really. I went to a gas station in Berkeley, Telegraph Avenue, a bookstore, record store. There's a communist bookstore, The Limbo Lounge. A map of Berkeley. <laughs> I don't I don't remember any. I remember flashes of this event, but Oh, no. So, yes. Yeah. So on um, Monday, we, we took a cruise around Alcatraz. But on the Wednesday, the 19th of 1990, Wednesday, November 19th, 1997, we went to Alcatraz, right? Yes. That sign that said Indian Country, Agave Trail. There, we went to a wax museum that had a wax Chuck Norris. We had some sushi. We saw San Francisco, the movie, which I wrote here, Sucked. There was a guy called the Bushman who was kind of a, a beggar kind of guy who, hit, who ha- had like a giant bush that he would hide behind and try to scare people. We took 14 – Denise took 14 rolls of film maybe at Alcatraz. It's um, saw more sea lions. And there was a T-shirt guy that had a yin-yang T-shirt on. Buy more T-shirts. Right on. <laughs> that was his quote. We bought a photo somewhere. You know, you know, you go someplace they took a picture of you and that's always a big scam. Uh, then let's see, Thursday, November 20th, we left our hotel in uh, San Francisco and we started driving down the coast. We went to Monterey, a gar- the garden cafe, had some ice cream, went to an antique mall in Monterey. Uh, we're driving down the coast. It was really wild cause it, we were on the Pacific coast highway and when it got dark, you could see so many stars. I'd never seen anything like it being from the light polluted New Jersey. I noted that gas was 2.49 dollars a gallon, which was huge back then. <laughs> now that would be considered cheap. And then we went to stay at the Madonna Inn uh, in, uh, in, in, near, in or near San Luis Obispo. And that's a, a place that um, has every room is different. So we were in the mi- misty rock room, and there was a rock waterfall shower. And I remember we tried to find something to eat, and all they had was a steakhouse. They had nothing for vegetarians. Um, so... Uh, Friday, November twenty-first, we so we woke up in San Luis Obispo, and then we were going down to LA. We were in a traffic jam in Los Angeles. Yeah, we had a cool, s- a cool room at the Hyatt West Hollywood. Um, there was cops, excitement. Um, what happened? So, what happened was so. First of all, we were driving down. We in uh, we visited Denise's. Uh, you know, like a. F- I think it was her cousin or a friend of the family, it's like a, it considered a cousin but not a blood relative you know, Tammy who was living in Carpinteria. and she and she was and she said right on a lot i guess she she adopted the the lingo of California right on, and uh, so we arrived at Hyatt west Hollywood and uh so we got our room and uh, apparently they had made an error because a certain basketball team was in town and wanted the whole floor for their debauchery that night and so the guy the uh the head of the hotel like the whatever you call them the director of the hotel he came up to me in the gift shop because uh denise because because we were driving around with the top down on the sebring denise got a, a cold so she needed some cold medicine so i went down to the the uh you know the little gift shop in the uh the lobby there and uh so they were this guy was really he had to make me switch my room because the basketball team needed the whole floor for what what they had planned whatever sex and drugs or whatever I have no idea. I remember being in the uh the elevator with all the basketball players. It was it, it, I'm sure I could look up the history Friday November 21st 1997 whoever was playing the Lakers it was whatever team was in town. Um so the guys the guys like listen Mr. Nora let me I will offer you a suite in the corner with an aquarium. <laughs> the, hotel area, the hotel manager, I offer you a suite with an aquarium. I'm like, okay, the aquarium's sold. Okay, yes, we'll take it. Well, Denise was like pissed because she had already unpacked everything. Had a TV, VCR, and a stereo. And uh, so, yeah, we moved rooms. And then when he left, the the girl behind the counter was like, you know him? Oh, my God. Because he's like this mythical, like the boss's boss's boss of the hotel. I'm like, Yeah. Yeah, I really know him. I know. <laughs> yeah, so, th- yeah, they were having a party at the, basket- the basketball party on the roof, and I guess the floor we had been on was the next floor down that they were going to use for their partying. So anyway. So there was a balcony, and I was watching, um, you know, Sunset-, Sunset Boulevard there, all of the cool cars going by. Can you imagine being on Sunset Boulevard in 1997, all the cool cars and California and everything, limos and everything? It was wild there on Sunset. It's, this is a great a – great, uh, a great uh, honeymoon, and I, I would not have remembered all this if I didn't d- draw it all here on the uh, the graphic calendar. Uh, okay, so that was very cool. But you know, I was not recording back then. I hadn't. I did not record anything audio because I didn't. I wasn't doing the overnight scaping yet. That was seven years. It's six eight five and a half five and a half years in the future. I would have. Can you imagine if I had audio of this trip? Ugh. So the next day, Saturday, November 22nd, we went to Disneyland, and that was my first time at Disneyland. We ate at the Blue Bayou Restaurant, which was that cool restaurant that's inside Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, uh, in the Indiana Jones ride. We took a picture with Mickey, went on Splash Mountain. We went on Casey Jr., which is one of those rides they don't have at Disney World in Florida, and it broke down. We were evacuated from Casey Jr., Um. Space Mountain, like, I guess it said waiting for it to start again. I guess, I guess there was some problem, so we were having waiting. I think they may have turned the lights on in there. I'm not sure. I may be confusing that with someone else somewhere else. And we, one of the Matterhorn, another ride they didn't have in, in Florida. I used to go to the Florida stuff a lot. Oh, we went on Indiana Jones ride three times in a row. Anyway, that was a very cool. So the following day, Sunday, November 23, 1997, we hung out in Hollywood, went to Rodeo Drive. We saw Walt Disney's star on the Walk of Fame. More Austin Power stuff, uh, all the cold medicine, zinc tablets, uh, Tylenol cold, Comtrex, alka seltzer Plus. I guess we both had a cold by then. Zinc echinacea. Remember remember, echinacea was a big thing? This, back in the 90s, if you're sick, take echinacea. Whatever happened to echinacea? No one ever heard of it anymore. Another wax museum, which had the Last Supper, Wilshire Boulevard. I went to a coffee shop, and I said, can I have a coffee light and sweet? And they're like, what does that mean? apparently light and sweet is a New Jersey term that they don't understand in California. It means with milk and sugar, you know, stickers, bagels. We went to the La Brea tar pits, Hollywood Boulevard, the Beverly center mall, the Chinese theater. Oh yeah, it was Starbucks. We went to, yeah. Yeah, that was a cool day. And then on Monday, November 24th, 1997, we went to, um, universal studios, the city walk, um, we did the tram tour. There are a lot of palm trees. The Jurassic Park, the ride. Backdraft, the ride. E.T. ride. Melrose Avenue. Smoking and hanging out on our balcony over Sunset Boulevard. Uh, oh, I may have... Maybe I got some cigars. I'm not sure. Cool cars. Well, I had those cigars from the wedding, maybe. Um, An ashtray. Uh, uh, what did I sort of draw? Our chaise lounge. Chaise lounge. The ashtray. Wow, world's largest candy cane. I guess it was in the uh, City Walk at Universal Studios. And we—I remember—I remember this. We saw the movie *Starship Troopers* there at at City Walk, and then we got together with um, Denise's aunt and uncle, and uh, we went to a place called Gladstones. And I remember this guy just got this big bucket of seafood. It was like a giant, like metal bucket filled with everything, and there was like octopuses in there. He's like eating. He's like, "Mmm, octopus, yummy." And look, there was a Ms. Pac-Man cocktail game. Hmm. Wow. I haven't gone through this in detail in a long time. Did I ever do this on the show? I may have done this on the show. Anyway, Tuesday, November 25th, 1997. It was time to fly home. There, We watched Men in Black on the plane. There was a smoking area in the airport. There was Insanity at the baggage carousel. I remember, oh, I got Lemon Smint. Remember smint was a big Like you got this mint They were lemon and mint flavor And, and it was a kind of a, a dispenser You would push down and the smint would come out Whatever happened to smint I'm, I'm, I'm Echinacea and so all this stuff from the 90s You don't even think of anymore Smint I think that's still available somewhere I don't know um, And I had my, my, my baggage lock that was set to 209 Of course 209 was even a thing back then Waiting at airport for the ride home and uh, then we have Wednesday, November 26th, 1997. It's just zzz, a bunch of Zs. We, we, we just slept the whole day. And I completed this graphic calendar, at 8, 16 p.m. on December 17th, 1997. So that was our uh, honeymoon. That's very cool to go back. Yeah, it was really really good honeymoon. You know, we originally wanted to do the honeymoon that was um, the, uh, <clears throat> the train ride across Canada because there's this guy Doug Smith I think his name had Doug Jones had these travel logs and one was the great Canadian train ride and um it was uh very inspiring to take the train across Canada and we also wanted to go to Churchill which was Churchill Manitoba maybe um there was a, tr- a train line that went up there on um on the summer and there were like polar bears up there and but when we priced out the uh <laughs> the great Canadian train ride it was Way too expensive. It was so expensive. It was mad madness, you know. And you would have wound up in Vancouver, and I guess fly home from Vancouver. We couldn't afford it, so we we opted for the California honeymoon, and it was quite wonderful. It was my first time to California. I love California. I really do. I really do love California. I haven't been there too too much, but I really do dig California. But anyway, that is the uh, that is the honeymoon. See, pondering all things. Wedding and honeymoon and 25 years later today and yeah, it kind of sucks. We're not we're not in India or anything It would be kind of cool. Can I can I can I, uh, can I patch into the alternate reality Frank who actually did go to India And is in India right now eating v- vegan food in India <laughs> That's got to be some trip Hey Frank Hey, I'm from a timeline where yeah, Denise got a new job and yeah, I didn't even think we could afford it anyway, but Somehow you, what happened in your timeline? Well, let me tell you, you know, we figured why not, you know, once in a lifetime, 25th wedding anniversary, we're going to take the vegan tour of India. Oh, man, I'm so jealous of you. Well, you are me, but, you know, we're in different timelines. Yeah. So how's India so far? Oh, man, it's amazing. I'm like, well, when you're done, can you send me all the shows you recorded in India, Frank, other Frank? I'd like to, I'd like to include them in my archive. Is that allowed? Am I allowed to, to include audio from other dimensions in, uh, in my archive? I don't know. How are we even talking? We're not. It's all just made up. Okay. It's all in the imagination. Yes, thank you. Thank you, alternate Frank. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to watch the video tonight. That, that should be a nice honeymoon. We're gonna go out to eat, but I don't know. There's really not a lot of good the, 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 the vegan place is all in the city, and going into the city at night, yada yada. I don't know. It just sucks that Denise couldn't take the day off of work. But anyway, we have the video, which neither of us has seen in a long time. And I was watching that video, man. Every 25 years ago, every single person that I still know so well, my family, Denise's family, friends and that family, everything, everyone looks so young, <laughs> incredibly young. Well, everyone was young in '97. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't make sense. Well, every everyone was younger in '97. Yeah. Anyway, 25 years ago today. Good stuff. Anyways, thanks for patching into this episode of the Overnightscape and uh, hanging out with me, reminiscing about stuff. '97. Uh, we're here in the Onsager Radio Station inside a book, and of course, the book in question is currently, as I mentioned, currently revamping the book, getting ready for the next big version that I think is going to be so much better than, than the original. But you can still buy the original. Just go to OnSug.com and click on the book. You buy a copy, download the PDF, and uh, check it out. onsu com. OnSug. It's, uh, it's short for Overnightscape Underground. OnSug. Kitty, what are you doing? <laughs> I just moved the pillow slightly, and he wants to go, like, behind the pillow. Kitties, you want to go behind here? Anyways, yeah, so uh, check it out, OnSug.com, for all your OnSug needs, all the latest episodes, including a show called Overnightscape Central, which uh, you are are invited to participate in. This archive is massive. It's uh, over 13,000 hours. We just hit, like this week maybe, uh, or this month, 1.5 years of audio. That is, if you started playing it January 1st of a certain year, and you let... The OnSug Archive play, as it is right now, if you let it play, it would not finish until uh, June 30th, right? 30 days, half September, April, June, and November. All the rest have 31 except for February. It would not finish until June 30th, the following year. That's how much audio we have in the Archive. Isn't that mind-boggling? It is very mind-boggling. It's all high-quality stuff. It's all preserved. It's all free. We're a non-commercial network, and we have a very unique style of content very freeform and uh anyway what don't you want your voice to be in this archive this is an amazing offer you know who else is working on something to preserve like our archive is meant to be preserved into the near and far future it's a stated objective and goal i don't know very many other projects of this sort have that goal they just want to sort of they're all penny wise and pound foolish They want to get popular in the moment. And then half these shows, all the episodes disappear. It it all gets deleted. You know, they don't care about the future. We care. Wouldn't you want people in the future to hear your voice, to leave something behind? Well, why not participate in overnight escape central? There's a new topic each week put out by Mr. PQ river in truth of consequences, New Mexico. This week's topic was the late, late show. And I had a lot of fun with that topic. Um, focusing a lot on Tom Snyder, but others as well and other aspects, other, you know, not just that TV show, but you know, with that trade, Craig Kilbourne, Craig, who's the other Craig, Craig, the Scottish Craig, and then the insufferable James Corden. (laughs) You really can't stand that guy. Uh, Anyway, you can have your say on a new topic each week and your audio will be included and, uh, into our, uh, treasure trove that is designed to pierce the future and reach the ears of those people in the year like 3,000, 4,000, 5,000. And I know what you're saying. Well, the way we're going with our society, there will be no... Okay, I get that rhetoric, but we're talking it will flow forward through all possible timelines. You see what I'm saying? Our audio will flow, flow forward in many different timelines. So essentially, right now, there's an, like an infinite number of people in alternate realities in the future listening to what I'm saying right now. And they could be listening to you as well. Gee, not too much pressure. Hello, infinite number of people. How are you? I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. I want them answered immediately. No, this is not a prank phone call. This is the ending portion of the show. Anyways, check it out. Now that you know about the Ansug, is a lifetime of listening pleasure. We'll always be with you. We are your radio pals. And uh, the idea is in the future the book will have the audio inside of it in some sort of electronic fashion. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to achieve that next year, but who knows? There might be some advancements in technology which will allow that. And now, as as I was talking about, I'm trying to do the Ellen Feist voice. I was working on some audio before How is she talking? I, don't know. I can't do it. Anyway, uh, check this out. This is the other side I was talking about. the amazing collection of stuff, the audio that uh, I think you're gonna really quite enjoy. Right on, man, right on to this. the other side.
1: I was writing paper on the PC. And it was like beep 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 beep, and then like half of my paper was gone, and I was like, mm-hmm. "It devoured my paper. It was really
0: good paper." And then I had to write it again, and I had to do it fast, so it wasn't as good. It's kind of a bummer.
2: I'm Ellen Feist, and I'm a student. The little weddings that I've been to, okay? Yeah. No one sits down. They stand up. You don't yeah. sit in a chair. Who wants to take a picture of two people's backs? Excuse me? Okay? Like, you want to get a picture of the people's face, okay? Yeah. Like, you like stand there. Like, what's the point of having a long dress? You sit there, like. You sit uh-huh. there, and you, and you show off the dress. Duh.
0: The, out in, the, uh, in that area, there'll be plenty of cigars for everyone. And that is the end of the cigar. Industry. It'll be a cigar mania. And Pete's
2: going to have one, too. Oh, I will just just for your just for the occasion. I will. Okay. I'll turn it to green. <laughs> I'll turn green.
0: But and I'll you do see. It. We have the. Uh, we have them in in this form in the bag. And then we also have. them... I, had, I bought all the ones they had. So we also have them in this form, which is. Uh, you could have had them bagged or boxed.
2: Little four packs. This is how they sell them. And then I told him. I said, Frank, what do you want me to put? Hit your socks that you let me borrow. Put it in your pile over there on the left-hand side of the room. Ever since I've known Frank, Frank has always been a total, what's the word I'm saying? He always had stuff in chaos. And now that I see his room, I see that nothing has changed over 11 years. So whenever I knew, whenever he told me to put these socks in, i like, I know it's not going to be in a drawer or something or somewhere. It's going to be in a pile somewhere. Just put it over in that pile over there, Frank. Right, Frank? And you're like, yeah, put it in that pile over there. I, I had this girlfriend, Nurse Kruller. Uh, she worked in a mental institution. And she and I would go out, and I occasionally beat her up a couple of times. And one time I, I kind of broke her neck and stuff, and then her friend, uh, uh, Mr. Ken Marshall, came over and uh, he said, you, I thought you beating up to say a woman. You shouldn't do that. I teach you a lesson. With that, he steps on my foot like this and punches me out, you know. And I go into convulsions and everything else. And then I turn into this guy called the Freaker. I turn evil and I join forces with King of Darkness Argus and I try to dethrone King Buddha. Transmission. Transmission. Transmission.
3: We are control, transmission, control, you
1: Smoking boy, there is a worry boy, drinking boy, there is a mind boy, cigarette smell, drawn into the lonely, the vomit is sad, wine beautiful, swallow the bitter water, tells the heartbreaking, girl, do not try to love you boy, quit cigarettes, wine, do not blame, do not hate, you need to do this. In his smoke, looked at him tenderly, gently asked him, This is not pumping, right? Not think that, as tobacco and alcohol, such as life and perhaps what he thought of past? Maybe he is planning. Rainbow chart your future. Perhaps, in light of the smoke, dim cage indulge a more real feel your presence. Girls, if you have a boy... For you to quit all of this, discount Rosetta Stone software. You have to remember, to accompany him to the finish, Louis Vuitton fake handbags. Because when you're gone, the moment he can do can only be left wine right-handed cigarettes. Boy, if you love the girl, to accompany you around, remember, wine and cigarettes quit. Why smoking and drink? You should consider this problem. Fact. Do not smoke can really be. Do not drink really. Although she does not uppercut with these hanging, but there are most directly related to the... Perhaps one day you will understand that for her to quit, really worth it. Remember that when you are smoking, drinking, her gentle look at you is when you should quit. Fact. Fact really worth it. Girl, when your love comes to dead end, perhaps you really do not love. Maybe he really does not love you. But do not easily release. After all, he loves you. If it no need to go, remember that when you turned to leave, do not remind him, less smoking, drinking less alcohol, to love yourself. Perhaps you are well-intentioned. However, is precisely the kind of you to remind him, lost in you, perhaps the only wine and cigarettes. His mind must know better. Boy crying because he really loved it. Boy crying because he really paid. Boy crying because he is really no way. Love this thing. Nothing more than worth it. Jane does not cherish. Boy, women such as water, on the pack on, that is, cigarettes, wine is poured into the wine bottle. You never know what shape the next moment she is. Fact, if you pour your glass again, or original shape, your glass you should keep. Boys and girls, wine and cigarettes, the quit-quit, the picked-up-picked-up, some of the treasure to cherish, burning as a lonely, spit out the sadness. It may be transferred to him to look at and then accompanied him to forever. Swallow the tears, spit the murder, might the transferred to her look, then smiled and said not goodbye. Boy is gone. Replica Gucci handbags because he was really tired and less in your arms, and he alone, sleepless. Boy is gone because his heart has been broken. Without you, he went to rangers. Boy is gone because he was really disappointed with you. In fact, as long as you retain a word, can him leave completely. Boy is gone. Somewhere in the distance, left cigarettes, drink right. Boy is gone, but he still hoped to return to the dream place. Burning cigarettes, wine in the far inks. Soft, why did no one look at me? Cigarettes, wine, boy, girl. <laughs>
4: As I follow the sea Give me away, hey, blow the man down And pray, pay attention and listen to me give, give me some time to blow the man down I'm a deep water sailor just in from Hong Kong Give me way, hey, blow the man down If you give me some grog, I'll sing you a song Give me some time to blow the man down Cause on a black baller I first served me time way anyway, hey, blow the man down And on a black baller I wasted me prime Give me some time to blow the man down Cause when a black baller preparing for sea way anyway, hey, blow the man down You'd split your sides laughing at the sights you might see Give me some time to blow the man down With the tinkers and tailors, sojourners and all Then may you, hey, blow the man down That ship for prime seamen on board a black ball Give me some time to blow the man down That's when a black baller is clear of the land They may way, way, the hey, blow the man down Our bosun then gives us a word of command Give me some time to blow the man down. Play after the cry to the break of the poop. To me way, hey, blow the man down, or I'll help you along with a toe of me boot. Give me some time to blow the man down. This larboard and starboard on the deck you will sprawl. To me way, way, hey, blow the man down. For kicking Jack Williams commands a black ball. Give me some time to blow the man down. Pay attention to order, now you one and all. Give me way, hey, blow the man down. For right there above you flies a black ball. Give me some time to blow the man down.
5: Important that geekles recognize that they've got to learn to behave or we'll never get to humanity central and the radium void will be with us for a long time to come our techno-ban art Godfrey State leaves no room for transfusions, and once again it's up to the Sears to slap the Geekles to awareness. We know it looks hopeless, but it's us together and you alone who will affect the changes we need. The controllers don't have the reason or awareness to change, and Art's alarm clock roll has been buried in museum land. So new music makes noise, and it is. But remember, it's what you're doing. It's what it's all saying to you. The message is, Morty Geekle, wake up, or it's blowing the dark time yesterday new music is get up and die and death is tomorrow's beginning (laughs) find immortality in your creations
4: Sam's production <laughs>
6: Come My- Days Comfort Me And though I stray Please come for me In a place as far from home You fill my mind with gladness I can't see well into the future. In a time when I am trapped, you reassure my purpose. I am so glad
5: hearing to a group Maverick smokers are nonconformist freedom loving adventurous and independent like the falcon on the pack Maverick is a new brand family with a challenging future a chance to stake a unique claim in the marketplace Just one year ago Maverick was introduced as a replacement for Harley-Davidson cigarettes. In just one year, our consumer base has grown to include more than just Harley biking men. You'll be surprised to learn that 40% of our consumers are now women. This young brand still has a lot of growing to do to become a key player in the marketplace. Maverick's competitors include three discount and three full-price brands, but we're measuring our success against Marlboro. Marlboro's market share, close to 35%, is more than twice that of the three major discount brands combined. Its share gain for the latest 12 months is one-third the size of Doral, the biggest discount brand. You can understand why we're so focused on attracting Marlboro users to the Maverick franchise. Low price, quality, and strong brand imagery are proving to be a winning strategy. How does Maverick sales performance compare As Randy mentioned earlier, year-to-date sales are up 23% versus year-ago levels. Four factors have contributed to this significant gain. Strengthening Maverick's promotion plan by increasing pack and carton coupon values to $0.40 and $4. Introducing Maverick Menthol Full Flavor and Lights in April of this year to complete the product line. Expanding distribution into Newport Number 1 Club and special emphasis calls in seven regions and two partial regions. This regional distribution expansion offered great volume opportunity for Maverick Menthol and non-menthol packings. The greatest contributing factor to Maverick's gain was the determined and energetic sales force effort. The result? 1.6 billion units sold. That represents Maverick's 23% growth. We can personally honor each salesperson, though we'd like to, But here are the top 10 divisions representing the greatest volume growth based on Excel data. Starting with number 10, the El Paso division, up 8%. Vince Gomez is really knocking out the competition here at the Indian Cultural Center where 500 cartons of Maverick are sold each week. Thanks, Vince. Number 9, Raleigh North, up 10%. Elizabeth Hellman and her team weren't available for a photo, but their accomplishment is spectacular. Number 8, Oklahoma City, up 10%. William Dickinson and his team are burying Mavericks competition. (laughs) Thank you. Number seven, thank you, Ara Thompson. The Tupelo division is up 12%. Nice-looking carton fixture in the tobacco shed in Columbus, Mississippi, the division's highest volume Maverick outlet. Number six, the San Diego division is up 15%. Ken Stevens and his group Sherlock look like a bunch of Mavericks taking aim at the competition. Keep up the great work, Ken. Number five, the Wichita Division, is up 17%. That Maverick banner packs a powerful punch in one of Brian Ewing's calls. Thanks, Brian. And the top four Maverick Divisions, with volume up over 25%, are the members of the Elite 25 Club. Number four, the Seattle South Division, up 28%. Joe Mansky and his group are stomping the competition with great-looking Maverick dump-in displays. Great work, Joe. Number three, the Lexington division, up 32%. Wayne Marlowe is feverishly attaching coupons to Maverick's product. But it sure looks like the coupon gun was winning this battle. Thank you, Wayne. Number two, Seattle North. Laura McNorton's division is up a whopping 42%. What a great idea! Drive through service for stocking up on Maverick. Nice job, Laura. And the number one Maverick growth division is Washington, D.C., up nearly 50%. Here's division manager. Here's division manager Gary Cooper and one of his Mavericks loaded up with point-of-sale materials and hitting the streets of D.C. Congratulations, Gary and his Maverick team. We're proud to be honoring our top 10 Mavericks with this trophy. Please come up to the stage during the break and take the trophy for your division. Please join me in congratulating these folks on their outstanding achievements.